0: the evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face welcome to confidential brief which Chad thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society Compagel Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contractors in to fix your leaky roof, only to find out that your roof still leaks, well, maybe it's time to sort that leak out for good. Rubber Roofs manufacture and apply the rubber paint to your roof. Your roof will look great and won't leak anymore. Rubber Roofs offer a 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find them more at www.rubberroofs.co.za. Well, today is the 24th of July, 2023, just past the midday mark. Some very interesting news from Michael McKenna from across the globe, but specifically in Israel in respect of the judicial reforms. Last week, I spent five days on three different conferences that all ran into one another. The single biggest thing to come out of those conferences was the fact that we need collaborative efforts in the fight against crime in South Africa, especially sophisticated financial crime, and especially looking at the legacy that we've now created in terms of the historical backlog. This legacy has resulted in dockets that are five, six, seven years old not being enrolled in courts. We're seeing a situation where matters that are pre-COVID um, – not taking priority because state capture dockets take priority – Tender fraud takes priority And now of course PPE fraud that came Out of COVID takes priority So the average man on the street who's been Defrauded or suffered as the result Of some or other crime, be it a contact crime or, non- or non-contact crime Is suffering, simply because their cases Aren't being heard, there simply aren't enough Investigating officers, there simply aren't Enough prosecutors, there simply isn't Enough presiding officers and courtrooms And this knock-on effect is Leaving people with a very bitter taste In their mouth, they honestly believe that the authorities are not doing the required job. Another thing I chatted about last week was capacity, and capacity is so important. We know that the Hawks only have 52% of their posts filled. We know when the investigating directorate was introduced, they only received a budget of $100 million. Yes, that budget's got up to $350 million, but when one looks at the cost of court cases, investigators, and following the money, because that's what it's all about, bringing the money back into the fiscus, does not go very far. In fact, the investigating director was only able to employ 11 people when they first were established, and they're now relying on people being seconded from, wait for it, the Hawks and, of course, the NPA. So the Hawks are already working double the amount of dockets, have now been seconded to another unit, leaving members to now carry their dockets. So in some instances, you have members carrying three to four times the amount of dockets that they should. Joining me just after the break, Sheena Sinclair-Yonker. We've chatted to her previously, great person to chat to, understands um, the, the very complex judicial system in South Africa and also has a number of ways in which we could hopefully be able to relieve the pressure on our very, very fractured and exceptionally overburdened judicial system. I must remind you, of course, that the views expressed on the show aren't necessarily mine or those of High FM. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. We're joined now by Sheena Yonken. Before we get started with the conversation, a full disclosure, I have been a staunch proponent of alternative dispute resolution for many years. In fact, in 2009, I became an associate of the AASA, and I've been a member of the panel at the ADR Network South Africa for at least the past three years. Sheena Yonke is from the ADR Network South Africa and she joins us today to chat more about the importance of alternative dispute resolution. A very good afternoon to you, Sheena.
1: Hey, Chad. So good to see you again.
0: It's been a while. I'm glad to see you made it through COVID.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, it has been a while.
0: But, of course, you know, with COVID, it wasn't just COVID itself. It's the legacy that it's left us with, where we now yeah. have an even worse situation within our courts in terms of backlogs. So and this is what makes yeah. ADR so important. So far, listers' benefit. What is ADR? So ADR
1: is Alternative Dispute Resolution, which exists as a body of work which is alternative to um the – the kind of common methods of dispute resolution mainly alternative to litigation um so adr is really rooted in conversation like democracy democracy is meant to be a problem-solving approach where we all come together to figure out our problems at the heart of adr is the same thing it's good communication it's good conversation um there, there are broadly three problem-solving approaches in the world. There's power-based problem-solving approaches, which are police and military, and those are not always ideal for the current world that we're in. There are rights-based approaches, which are courts, and those have become, come under huge amounts of pressure. And then interest-based approaches are, uh, is what we do. These are discursive approaches we get people around a table or we design it um, more appropriately where there are stark uh, imbalances of power involved and and we, we say how can we sort out this problem. The high point of justice is everyone comes away with what they need. When we go to court we are really forcing a conclusion where one person wins and another person loses. And that's not that's not good for family systems, business systems, society as a whole, as it's, um, as 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 a system. So yeah, alternative dispute resolution approaches like mediation are often far more rational approaches and practicable approaches to to solving the problems about the dog barking
0: that comes with post-COVID rules. And the fact that I'm chatting to you all the way from Johannesburg and you in KZN. Absolutely. So we're going to be taking a break in a couple of minutes. Before we get there, when we look at the normal court system and due process in South Africa, it seems to be acrimonious. You get two parties that are going in, and yeah. they go in defending their standpoints, and they go on to the offensive. ADR is not about that. And South Africa seems to have embraced ADR for a long time. We have one of the oldest acts from 1965. Why do we not see it as often?
1: I think um, we have to understand that we're immersed in adversarial systems everywhere. Our schooling system, our workplace system, our economic system, which is a capitalist free market system. At at the root of it is competition, it's adversarialism. Our political systems are becoming ever more adversarial, and so we're immersed in in adversarialism everywhere. So, so there's this idea that in order to get ahead, we or, or in order to survive in this world, we need to get ahead of the person next to us, or whatever it is. Sometimes even crush that person, and I think that. Um, we've become more akin to thinking we can only solve problems if we win. But the problem with that is that there's always going to be a loser. And in many cases, that loser could be ourselves. Um, and, and also, Chad, the, the, the win in our courts is really an arbitrary result um, that is more based on who has the most economic power which is not a good thing in a deeply unequal society like South Africa. So the fact that you can win when you are wrong or you can lose when you are right in court based on what kind of legal representation you have is not good for any of us. It's not a sustainable, durable situation for any of us. So... um, The interest-based approaches like mediation get everyone around the table, or as I say, we can redesign it in other ways, if there's stock power imbalances, and say, what does everyone need here, and how do we get to that? That's what the mediator really facilitates, and we can talk about how that looks in criminal matters as well, because there's a significant application for that in criminal matters,
0: and that's what we're going to be discussing after the break, how it can be used. What we've learned so far is that we have an adversarial system, and, and being adversarial, one goes into court with a winner-loser scenario. And it shouldn't be about that. It should be about fairness and objectivity. We continue the conversation with Shina Yonker straight after this. Confidential brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. We're in conversation today with Sheena Yonker, and the, the the conversation started about alternative dispute resolution and how it can benefit not just society but people that are um, needing something that needs to be mediated, whether it's family related, whether it's civil related, but. Sheena Rose brought up the, the the aspect of the use of alternative dispute resolution within the criminal justice system, and it 's something i 'm very passionate about the reason i 'm passionate about we see diversion orders we see matters being stood down to negotiate plea deals where there is input from the victim and we see that the sanction, be it financial, et cetera, can some way or another be to the benefit. But it's not something that is widely being used or widely accepted. Sheena, what are your views on using ADR in the criminal justice system?
1: Um Ted, I think it's imperative that that we become more ADR friendly in the criminal justice system. Where that is going to go um, Having go with having a palette for alternative sentencing as well, which you know, in some senses, perhaps society is not quite ready for. But if you if if you have a look at um, how the the, the con- conviction centric strategies are not helping us, we are seeing very very low levels of convictions as we should in an accusatorial system. And, and when we say, no, we, we, we want a more conviction centric system, how are we going to get there without sacrificing constitutional rights on the, on the altar of getting to convictions? And I think that, um, ADR processes, because they are more supportive of truth telling, whereas accusatorial processes are very antithetical to truth telling we could have more open, truthful conversations at the heart of which will be, okay, um, who did what and how can we solve the problem? Rather than a system where we are, are, are going to say, um, you're accused of A, B, C, the state has, um, the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt, which is in most cases almost an impossible burden. I'm talking about intimate partner crimes are almost impossible to, to lift that burden, but also commercial crimes. You know what goes into proving a, a commercial crime? You might have 4,000 transactions that you have to prove every single element of, of an actual crime beyond a reasonable doubt. And that means proving what was in the person's head at the time because we know these things are matters are, are crimes of intention. It's, it's, it's impossible and it, it, it leaves the public with a sense that we have a broken system. We don't have a broken system in as much as this was a system designed at a lower stage of human consciousness. We need to move. We need to have a progression and we need to develop systems that are more supportive of all our well-being. The systems that we have in place are not supportive of our well-being. They will never give us what we need. So um, people will often, when, when I talk like this, they'll say, they'll go to the most heinous crimes and say, are you suggesting we should get this person around the table? No, although I do think there's an application for heinous crimes, I do that type of work all the time, mainly to protect victims from the system. Um, but we don't have to go there. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of low-hanging fruit that we could start with. State capture, I think, uh, first of all, I, I thought the state capture inquiry had some constitutional problems, um, the uh, problems with the right to remain silent and and, and, and that kind of thing, I, I, I don't think it worked that well from, from, from that point of view. And I think we drain billions of rand away to a system where we're going to see comparatively low levels of conviction. If we understand again how difficult it is to get convictions in in commercial crime matters, those those matters could take years and years and years. And if we are seeing a lot of convictions, then we have to wonder: well, how did they get there? If the constitutional rights are are, are being made uh, being protected, so I think that um, I've also been talking about the the the. The, the fast-rated development of AI recently with my mediators. And I think I just want to to mention that although AI has potential benefits for humanity, it is also full of existential threats. And I believe that humanity is only going to survive this if we start developing uh, the capacity to cooperate and collaborate with each other. If we go into the next part of human history and the levels of disunity and with the re- levels of adversarialism, the minute AI enters the realm of AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, it could eliminate humanity. So our uh, uh, the, the the best way for us to protect ourselves is to find ways to cooperate, collaborate into a unit of consciousness. We need to stop fighting each other, and we need to we need to in politics say reclaim the political arena to to say this is a problem solving space. This is how we figure out our shared experiences. I'm sorry if I'm um, deviating a bit from where
0: we came from, Chad. No, not at all. Um, Going back to the criminal side of things, um, when one looks at South Africa from an ADR perspective, we have an act that goes back to 1965. People don't even realize that ADR is being utilized, whether it's a small claims court, whether it's a CCMA. Um, It's an acceptable process now within our courts. And, of course, Um, In March 2020, when everybody was battening down the hatches because of the advent of COVID, there was also the advent of Rule 41A, which 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 really put mediation and arbitration in the spotlight. When one goes back to the Criminal Procedure Act, which was promulgated back in 1977, it allows for, in terms of Section 105, a plea. In other words, people can sit down and they can plead to a case, and then we talk to Section 297 and Section 300, which is financial restitution. Post-1994, we talk a lot about victim-centric matters and restorative justice. Yeah. And for me, if we look at what's already existing in terms of legislation, if we can use that plea opportunity as a rationale for bringing people around the table yeah. and restorative justice is negotiated where a sanction could be yeah. something like financial restitution, in yeah. my mind, it can work.
1: Definitely, and you and I have spoken about this for a long time, to say that we've got all the law that we need. Uh, a criminal justice process is not for the victim. In fact, the victim is not even a party to the process. The injured party is the state. A victim is only a witness to that that process, and you know what, that victims can be cross-examined literally within inches of their lives and then only to come out of there with in intimate partner crimes 99% uh, percent acquittals um which is terrible for victims whereas if you if 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 you have a process where you say okay this is this is for for a uh, reparative and restorative justice for the victim and intrinsic to that is holding the perpetrator accountable. Look, it's it's it it does take a um an entire mind shift. Uh you know, it's gonna take a mind shift for us to think that, okay, not all of these matters have to result in jail. But they don't already. You know, if you if if you have ninety nine out of a hundred acquittals already, you know, what are what what are we complaining about? But yeah, there has been there has been all this law we also in nineteen ninety four was one of the lighthouses in terms of restorative justice um i, I know many people feel let down by the t r c but it's not so much that the t r c failed it's just it's not complete yet it's a it's continued work until we get to a point where everyone has access to the economy in this country so um yeah, we, we have, the CCMA is also one of the best statutory examples of ADR in the world. The other thing I just want to mention is that the, the specialized courts that we're seeing come through, like the family courts, the domestic violence court, the equality courts, those are more inquisitorial processes than they are adversarial the or accusatorial. And that kind of thing always goes it's it's very closely allied to ADR systems, so a lot more of those matters could uh also be diverted to ADR, you know, and kind of work in par- parallel and synergistically with those court processes. So it's all there. It just it takes a lot more discussions like this to raise the profile of ADR to 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 show people this is accessible. It's easy to set up. Now that we do a lot of work online, it's, it's more easy to set up than it's ever been. You don't even have to get in your car and travel anywhere, which is, which is nice. I mean, some people still like to, to be face to face, which is also an option, but that's, that's all good.
0: Sheena, let's, let's talk to South Africa's acceptance of ADR. We know that it was promulgated many years ago. It goes back as far as 1965. We've used the, the example of the Small Claims Court and the CCMA. And we know that in March of 2020, um, Rule 41A was introduced in Uniform Rules of Court in respect of civil matters. Now, a lot of people are unaware of that because everybody was preparing for the worst because that was the month COVID hit South Africa. For you, it must be both... I don't know, a happy moment as well as a frustrating moment because you preach ADR and finally after all these years it gets accepted as being an integral part of the uniform rules of court and the process yeah. which always refers to due process. Does it not frustrate you though that it took this rule, this, this, this rule to be implemented for people to now suddenly want to engage more or having to have to engage more with mediation and arbitration?
1: I think, uh, yes and no. It's, it's also nice to see that, that these kind of things are being codified in our law. Um, did you know that the magistrates uniform rules of court have also now got a similar provision which was published in May, so that in civil magistrates court there is also um uh, a a mechanism for court and next mediation, just like the Rule forty one A court, uh, Rule forty one A rule. So 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 yeah, but it is um the the one thing though is that In some quarters, there hasn't been a lot of um, compliance with Rule 41A. You know, there's still a lot of practitioners and parties that try to subvert the rule, but more and more judge presidents are saying we're not going to tolerate the non-compliance. For the legal profession, I think um, mediation has, in some senses, been seen as, well, what's going to happen to litigation? And what I say to to lawyers, and I encourage them, that mediation advocacy is just as important as advocacy in court. So you might be representing your client at a mediation process rather than at a litigation process, which is better for your client's well-being, it's better for the lawyer's well-being, if you understand how many lawyers are so stressed out that they're, you know, Addicted to alcohol and, and all kinds of other things to, to, to calm them down and making a very generalized tongue in cheek statement. But it is a very, very stressful, um, profession. So the other thing about ADR process is it, it, it allows for us to foster the well-being of parties, uh, to disputes as well as the lawyers within the system. So, um, there's there's a great move in integrative law to ensure more lawyer well being. Um and and one of the vectors for that is to um to promote more problem solving uh non-adversarial processes like mediation.
0: Are you finding since the introduction of Rule 41 A in March twenty twenty, more of your established um, law firms, together with attorneys and advocates, are embracing it and are looking and seeking guidance from organisations such as yourself.
1: Very much so. Very much so. Some, something um, strange happened in March 2020 because there was the lockdown. It was that rule, and then there was a more of awareness of the fourth industrial revolution. And so I think we we saw a quadruple, sort of, multifold increase. In the type, of, in in the number of people looking for mediation services, and also mediation training. You know, we, we, we saw a huge increase in um, not only lawyers but educators, um, business people, consultants coming to us and saying they want to train in uh, mediation. Now, we we mustn't forget that that the legal system is not the only place for mediation. Schools and workplaces are in desperate need of mediation as well. Disciplinary processes in schools and workplaces that result in suspensions and and, uh, exclusions don't help any of us. When we marginalize human beings, we, um, we, we, we create more social problems for ourselves. Marginalized human beings go and, seek out subcultures like gangs. Um if if we if if someone has a suspension or exclusion on their record, whether it's a suspension or exclusion from school, the workplace or society itself through the prison system, that follows them for life. And then, you know, we want to lower crime rates, but we are um we we, we do a lot of self destructive stuff. So Yeah.
0: Very valid points And when we come back from break I want to speak more about The social justice initiatives That have been undertaken by the ADR um, South African Network I also want to talk about The international exposure That um, many of your members Have had as a result of their engagement With with, with ADRSA And where to With um, alternative dispute Resolution in South Africa We'll be back straight after this Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. This is Confidential Brief live on Chai FM, 101.9 FM throughout Johannesburg and worldwide on chaifm.com. We're going into our last 10 minutes now with Sheena Yonker from the ADR Network South Africa. And during these 10 minutes, I want to learn more about what's happening within ADR as an organization, their social justice program, as well as their international affiliations.
1: Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot to say there. So, aside from... Training mediators and also offering and also arbitrators and also offering services in um, commercial disputes and divorce disputes and medical negligence disputes and labour disputes. We've also used ADR extensively over the last ten years in constitutional and administrative law matters. So I would estimate that we have used ADR processes to shield at least 10,000 Shackdweller families from what would be violent and or sometimes unlawful um, evictions. Now, because of our very difficult past, we know that many of our people have had to rapidly urbanize. And in the rapid urbanization process, many of our people have established informal communities. So, uh, so sometimes they might have settled on state land and sometimes they might have settled on private land. In both those cases, whether it's uh, the state is the owner or there's a private owner, there's often been, um, an application for eviction. Now, our constitutional law has developed to, or has evolved, our constitutional jurisprudence has evolved to say that you cannot evict people without ensuring that there are proper alternative measures in place. So once the Power Act is is in play, uh, the only way to really ensure that everyone gets what they need is through a consultative process. I'm mediating a matter at the moment between a mining community, a mining company, and a municipality that comprises 81 high court actions. How long do you think it would take to resolve that in court? The answer is probably never. To, to our interventions, which usually starts with entering a process as amicus curiae, and then advocating with all the parties to shift to restorative justice dialogue, we then sit down with all the parties, it doesn't have to be all the same time, and very seldom is, And and start building towards what does an alternative look like? So that, and then we might get human settlements involved, we might get the local authority or the provincial authority involved. In that way, we are ensuring that Everyone gets what they need, so it's not that we are promoting the idea that vacant land should just be overrun in South Africa. No we're not saying that at all we're saying where our people have been desperate enough to come and settle on land close to jobs education uh health care then let's let's figure it out um so that all involved um can, can come away with what they need. So that's been a very, very successful um, application of ADR. And a very a, a, another very successful application of ADR has been in public violence matters. We know that people um, protest when they haven't been heard for a very long time. Most protests we see on TV and we think, oh, these people just got up one morning and decided to protest. No, it's usually after years and years and years of trying to get their needs met through other avenues. But where protests do turn violent for all kinds of reasons, um, and if people are incarcerated on charges of public violence, it's very really, again, it's almost impossible to prove those charges. And it also doesn't address the underlying problem. What's the underlying problem that got people to take to the streets. So that's been a very, very successful application of ADR, diversing these pro, pro these matters to dialogue processes and then getting underneath. Well what is the problem? Let's address that. And um, so so I often talk about ADR is the care over the cure. You know Court processes are often a, um, a futile attempt um, to, to to address the symptoms of a problem, whereas ADR can really get to the originating cause of the problem um, and for a with a careful approach, we often need less of the cure
0: I think we have an opportunity with what 's come out of Zondo in respect of having the investigating director together with the National Prosecuting Authority and the Department of Justice coming together to discuss a means to be able to remedy what has been a horrific situation, tying in the restitution aspects and being able to mediate some or other settlement that may not necessarily include a, a pardon, but it could be a deferred um, trial, it could be financial restitution, but that could be a start for something that could then be copied through the commercial crimes courts, which have yeah. been set up specifically to hear the copious amounts of commercial crime matters and even having those specialized courts, they are still just inundated with matters. ADR is the future. Mediation and arbitration, like you said, needs to be victim-centric. Sheena, it's been an absolute pleasure. But before we close, how do our listeners find out more about ADR and how do they get involved with your organization?
1: Well, they can um, go to our website. Can I give the website's address? It's www.adr-networksa.co.za. Or they can email me directly Um so that's Sheena, S-H-E-N-A, at adr-networksa.co.za. I'd love to hear from them, Chad, and thank you for the work that you're doing. It's just absolutely wonderful to see how you raise the issues that you, you, you do, and you're doing a really magnificent job.
0: I appreciate that, but I, I do believe that as, as a country, We haven't addressed the past and we we can't move forward without that being addressed and most importantly, we we, we need to be more victim-centric and we need to be less adversarial. Sheena posts some incredible information on her LinkedIn profile. Look for Sheena Yonker and you'll find Sheena Sinclair Yonker and you'll be able to follow her and what the organization is doing and how important mediation and arbitration have become in South Africa. And most importantly, the fact that it's no longer a nice to have, but is now a must have. Sheena, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Very Chad. Thanks.
0: I'll be posting the links to um, Sheena's different social media pages as well as to her her website. And, of course, there will be a recording of today's episode uploaded to the website a little bit later today. The brief was proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contractors in to fix your leaky roof only to find out that your roof still leaks, maybe it's time to sort that leak out for good. Rubber Roofs manufacture and apply the rubber paint to your roof. Your roof will look great and won't leak anymore. Rubber Roof offer an incredible 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find out more at www.rubberroofs.co.za I won't be in next week. I'm traveling down to KZN on part business, on part pleasure. But uh, I will be back the following Monday. Um, in between, of course, you can follow us on social media, Confidential Brief Radio Show, which is on Facebook. And, of course, Chad Thomas on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Fraud Watch ZA on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining in. And remember, just be wary. Always ask a question and never be afraid of asking more.